0: God, whose name is holy, mother of creation, ark of safety. Embraced by grace, we receive the boundlessness of your love. Tune our heart, soul, mind, and strength to resonate in accordance with your love, so that we may participate in the revelation of the reign of God, where all are loved and all are included. We pray in the name of the living God, through Jesus Christ, and with the mysterious spirit how do you know something or how do you know that you know something you think of a time just for yourself but can you think of a time where like you you knew something with clarity like sometimes inspiration strikes and it's really like the light bulb going off above your head yeah sometimes there's like a repetition of something that grows for me it like feels like a little deeper beat that i'm drawn more and more into A sense of knowing something? How do you know things? Or how do you know that you know something? Different kinds of knowing I think often reside in different places in our body. Anybody else have that sense? There's like the the knowing we're in the season of back to school. There's the knowing of like learning information, learning facts or learning strategies for how to figure things out. There's that knowing that comes from like studying for a test or the knowing that comes from, from learning things so that you can put them together into a presentation or a paper of some sort. There's that, that knowing, that list making kind of knowing. It's often up here somewhere in the head. We also talk about knowing things in our hearts knowing, having an awareness. And I know sometimes I'll feel that knowing in a tightening or an opening. Sometimes there's this like vast expanse that will lead me to a sense of like, yeah, I know I I got this, I know this, or I, I know how I feel in this situation. The other place we often talk about knowing too is like deeper down in our guts. There's that sense of like you just, you have a sense of something. Sometimes we talk about intuitive knowing that way. I was um, thinking about this the other day, and I was reminded, um, I hope I'm not revealing anything too soon, but I did see the Barbie movie last month. (laughs) Wonder if any of you have seen it, too. It's worth it. A few hands up. Um, There, I don't think I'm giving anything away, but there is this scene where Barbie and Ken, they've been in like the Barbie world, and they've just made their way into like the real world of Venice Beach, California, which we can qualify that Venice Beach, California is maybe not a representation of the real world. But nevertheless, that's where they step foot first into the land of where we all live. And they're both like reacting to being in this different space, Barbie and Ken. They're, they're walking down the pathway and Barbie is like, feeling things and has this awareness of things. They haven't talked to anybody yet. Like, they haven't had a connection or a relationship with anybody in the real world yet, but yet she has a sense that things are not the same as they were where she was before, and it actually puts her on edge. She's a little concerned, and Ken's walking. He's like, oh, this feels really different, like, in a good way, but they're they're both knowing things because their bodies are just Picking up on things. And I wonder if that resonates for any of you. Different decisions that we have to make, sometimes we feel like that decision should be made up here in the head. Sometimes it feels like it's a heart decision, and sometimes it might feel like more of a a gut decision. How do we know when we know something? Jesus is asked in our gospel text this morning a question. And oftentimes when a biblical scholar asks Jesus a question, they're trying to trick him. They're trying to, you know, get him, catch him up. Because he is, like, revealing things that are are simple and huge at the same thing, same time all the time. But this time, there's a different tone. This biblical scholar, like, he's been watching Jesus answer questions or answer questions with a question and help the other person figure things out. And so he's like... Wait, wait a minute. Jesus, are we in are we the same team here? Is is he gonna is he gonna answer this the same way I know this to be true? And so the biblical scholars, like, Jesus, what is the first commandment? What is the most important thing about who we are as people of God? The biblical scholar and Jesus are steeped in thousands of years of Practice of faith in God that is rooted in Judaism, in the Hebrew scriptures. And Jesus says, The first commandment is this. And he responds with what is known as the Shema Hear, O Israel, listen. God is one, God alone is one. And you shall love God with all your heart and all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. He's pretty much quoting part of Deuteronomy. That was part of like the covenant, the, the relationship that God was setting up with humankind through the people of Israel. A long, long time before this conversation between Jesus and this biblical scholar. The initial text from the Hebrew Scriptures says to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. So that was the fullness of who a human was, heart, soul, and strength. But a couple thousand years later, the Greek influence um, probably influenced Jesus to add, and your mind, in the midst of all that. It's interesting to think of the, the different ways we are The different ways the scriptures stay living. So we are called to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And strength, the word really denotes a sense of muchness, of like our whole being, of like bringing the full force of who we are into this love. So our hearts, our minds, our soul, that bit that is eternal, that is deeply connected with God, and with everything that we have, we bring to loving God. The reason that we can step into this space of loving God with all that we have is because God has first loved us. That's the that's the given. That's like the that's the basis upon which. Everything unfolds in this life of faith with God is that we can rest, we can trust the sense that God first loves us. It is out of that love that we are created. It is out of that love that God offered us all these rules and ways of being. There's the, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Best Ways of Living. There's this First Commandment and the Second One to love your neighbor as yourself. In Judaism, there are a whole host of rules. And Jesus is like, yeah, and they all funnel through this one. So just prioritize this one, and you've got it. God's love is revealed to us through the fact that Jesus came. Jesus embodied that love and that way of living, that way of revealing to us how to live our best human lives in this short life that we have. God's love is the given. It is provided. And because we rest in that space of belovedness, because we stand in that space of grace, we can practice tuning our whole being toward God, stepping into alignment with God. And then as we practice doing that, we move into that space where we are perhaps able to love our neighbor as ourselves, which means that we have to love ourselves too. Sometimes seems like an easy thing and sometimes things seems like a really challenging thing. A few years ago in a school setting, I learned there's the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, And I learned that there's a a platinum rule now that do unto others as they would like you to do, right? So it's not just what you think they need, but actually what you listen for and learn that they need. (coughs) So this also begs the question, once we are in line with our love... God. God's love flowing into us and our love flowing back into God. We move into the space of how we share that with neighbors. And the word neighbor for me, when I think of my neighbors, literally, I live next door to people who are a lot like me, who look a lot like me. Literally the house next door to ours, there's a mother and father and two children, like exactly the same, or nearly exactly the same. Neighbor is another word for everybody else, not us. We might think of it as, as those others. And oftentimes in the way our society works these days, there's like us and them. I even find myself um, in this realm of where I stand as a clergy person, as somebody seeking to live this life in alignment with God and faith. Sometimes they will be like, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian. But, like, we're all Christians. Right? Who are those others? Who are those others that we choose or that we try to separate from? And how do we bring this sense of loving everyone? The lesson this morning goes right alongside this. Jesus says, we don't owe anyone anything except love. And love, living in love, causes no harm. How do we live in such a way to not cause harm? In the 9 a.m., we have a conversation often about the scripture and the piece that came up in response to this question is, is we learn to listen. We learn to listen and hear what is being said. And stepping into that space to listen stepping into the space of curiosity and often becoming quiet and attuning our being to what we are hearing what is spoken and sometimes unspoken right there's all those different ways that we know things in our bodies so stepping into that space of listening what does that look like what does that look like Sometimes, too, it's just for us as we're, like, getting to know ourselves or listening for that alignment within. Something that we can practice within our households, those of us who might live and interact with others on a daily basis. Something we could bring to our professional and work environments. How do we listen for what others need so that we cause no harm. And then the bigger task is how do we listen for what those others, those others over there for whom we are not alike, what they are saying and expressing and needing. Because what Jesus is always trying to do is show us the way God loves us so that we may respond but also to remind us that we are all connected. We all belong to each other. Both our neighbors that look like us and our neighbors that don't look like us. Both those that it is easier to work with and those for whom it is more challenging to work with. So our invitation this morning is to stand in that space of grace, knowing we are loved, and to work to bring our whole being back into that space, aligning our hearts, our minds, our souls, our strengths with God, so that from that space of being so surrounded and encouraged and supported, we may turn out we may turn to others and see how can we show up? How can we love each other? How can we live in such a way so as to cause no harm? Because as Jesus points out to this biblical scholar he's in conversation with, that is how we draw near to the reign of God. That is how we draw near to this vision that God has, that is being revealed, and that is unfolding, and that we are stepping into helping to unfold. Reign of God, where we all understand our connectedness, that that love with God flows in all different ways.